0: Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to the i5 Corridors traffic report. There Tyson Alger here joined by Shane Hoff. See, I forgot the traffic report the first time we did I have that. To. But it is Thursday, it's a little late in the week, you know. The muscle memory's not quite firing. How are you doing, man? It's it's been a few days since I've seen you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know it has been a few days. You're, We're seeing more and more of each other.
0: Yeah, how let's let's get to the important things here. You just finished up at the dentist. Yeah. You're in your mid twenties.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I guess with 24 now you can say mid that's awful.
0: Yeah. How, um, how has your relationship with the dentist evolved over your life?
1: Man, it's always been a pleasant one. I've, I think I've always had pretty good teeth. You know, I did the whole, um, braces thing. I was a cavity kid. Mm -hmm, I was, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll wear that. Um, it's been pretty smooth sailing these last few years though. It really has.
0: The dentist we went to, they would do, um, I mean, they would really rub your teeth in it. They, they'd have like a big photo thing when you walked in, it was like all the kids in the no cavity club. Man. And so if you got the, like, if you got a cavity, like they, they ripped your picture off the wall. Um, so. Cutthroat. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get my first one until, um, actually I moved to Portland here. It was, you yeah. know, a free, all that freedom of being an adult. Yeah. I was, was only, the, I was only brushing like three times a day.
1: Well, this was the first time that I went to one that wasn't my childhood one, because I was just going like once every six months when I was back in town during college. And so I had to get all my insurance information through to this place. Shout out uh, Belmont Family <laughs> Dentistry. No free pumps. Working on yeah. that sponsorship. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they were great today.
0: Um. Okay, while you were getting your teeth drilled, I came across probably the thing that everyone in college sports is talking about today. EA Sports released the trailer finally for NCAA football. Not
1: even a trailer, more of like yeah, a it's teaser. just m- more of like
0: a, like a hype video. Um, it's their long, long-awaited return of their video game that a lot of people of my generation played when we were kids. I, when I remember pr- pretty vividly, my freshman year at Montana in the dorms, it was that was the year Tim Tebow was first on the game, mm. and like everybody was just like you, you weren't allowed to play with Florida. Um, So, yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, We we have an interesting connection story coming with that next week on The Corridor. But my question to you, Shane, is when that game comes out, you're not much of a video game guy right now. But before this, you were saying that you might sink your teeth into this. What program are you leading?
1: Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Well, yeah, so I... Like, like like
0: a, l- let me preface that a little bit too with like do you want to like sink your teeth into like just get a taste for the championship right away like right, like take on right. like a uh, like uh, a Georgia and just like get a feel for what it's like to be a big <laughs> dog or do you want to like you know be an underdog and and kind of uh, delay some of that gratification that you might get from the virtual world
1: So I played some NCAA 14 maybe even 13 one of those older games I would play a lot at friends houses I never owned it um, and then I you know even you know throughout the early years of college like I played some video games I'd play 2K I played Madden every once in a while I I'd, I'd throw in like an adventure game but when I played Madden I would do a lot of the franchise and I liked the teams that weren't god awful but were kind of like had some young pieces that you were, maybe a young quarterback that you were excited about and you could kind of build them up a little bit so it won't be Georgia don't think it'll be Oregon either but I'm trying to think about a program and I'm a big uniform guy that's yeah, yeah. That so, oh,
0: so so that brings a lot of
1: right. So what ah, I should have should have done some. some I I, on I this should one. I
0: probably should have given you a warning for this. And...
1: well, I'll keep thinking. Do you have one, or is it just Montana?
0: No, you know the the Grizz are doing quite fine on their own. They don't need me to come swoop in there. Um, you know they they're fine at getting to the mountaintop. Maybe they need me to lead them to the very tip to actually win that right, title. Right. But you know Bobby's doing a fine job out there. Great job this year. Um, The last time I really played this game was when I moved to Hawaii for the year mm. uh, when I was a sports editor to, down there. So I took over the Hawaii program and just
1: threw the ball every play, dude,
0: <laughs> like they like Timmy Chang's records, mm-hmm. Colt Brennan's records. Um, They don't remember those guys down there after, <laughs> after what my, my team was able to produce, um, actually a pretty like just random point in my life too because so we moved i moved down to hawaii and i was there for like a month and a half before Mm -hmm. my now wife moved down and i didn't have any friends um my phone or your phone ringing Um, didn't have a ton of friends like you can't just like go to the beach all the time so like a lot of times like i'd finish i can't i just finished my shift at like 10 p.m because i was doing design and then i would like come home and play ncaa until the wee
1: hours. I'm in. sure you weren't like in a great mental space during that time, but it kind of sounds like perfect.
0: It, in In retrospect, it sounds... like in in retrospect, I wish that I would have the perspective that I have mm-hmm. in my life right now, because like back then, it was like still very like career oriented. Mm-hmm. Like, how am I going to get off this rock and get to Sports Illustrated? Man, yeah. we have different mentalities about that. Yeah, I think. yeah. You were like, how how do I get to the i five <laughs> How hours? can I stay right the <laughs> fuck where I
1: am and still do good stuff without moving?
0: Yeah, so. Yeah. Okay, so
1: Hawaii, that's a good one. Yeah, it's got to it's gotta be something like that, right? I or mean,
0: I, I do think that there's probably going to be a lot of allure to taking over Oregon State and Washington State yes, and kind of just doing the, the Screw You Tour.
1: Right, the Screw You Tour. I mean, I think Colorado will be a popular one. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, do, do you envision yourself being a coach who is loyal to your players, or are you going to go full on and, like... First meeting being like half you guys aren't going to be in these seats next week. So, this
1: is an interesting. I'm glad you brought this up because when you think about them making this game, because, because Madden does it every year, and it's like, okay, they don't really change much. They just got their new rosters. They got 30 teams. When you think about how much more has to go into NCAA now, not just how many more teams, but, you know, especially when you look at like Dynasty, it's going to function like a franchise where it's basically free agency, it's basically like a draft. Like, you got to do all this stuff. I mean, I'm not shocked it's taken them this long with how much change has happened in the sport. So, you know, I I think a lot of people are expecting a classic. But, I mean, the amount of work that must go into a game like this is just crazy.
0: My my hope with it is they don't turn it into a yearly release. I think it should be like every other year. Because I think that's what has – between, like – Like, Madden is basically a roster update every year, and I I think what happens is those developers get stuck into that cycle of, like, it's build, build, build this one, release it, promote it, and you gotta start on the next one. That and, like, all the microtransactions that have kind of (laughs) ruined your games, too. But I I think it would be cool if if you release those games with a little bit of, like, lifespan to them so they can... I, I play a lot of video games. It seems like a lot of ones that are released these days aren't done like a, f- a finished product yet when they're released. they're kind of like built
1: like plus you can get like community rosters. you can get the yeah, rosters.
0: so it would be nice if like they put everything they have into like making like a really good product and not mm. just doing the what everything else in this world has come to and that's just like getting the title out there and squeezing it for as much money as they can. you're in it you're out. but then again, we're talking about video games, so that's probably what they're gonna do.
1: <laughs> I got my answer by the way. Miami fire crystal ball and then bring the U back. Okay. And you know, I always liked the U. The okay. the I don't know. Get get crystal ball out of there, get a better game manager. I mean, you
0: you could maybe bring him on as your offensive line
1: coach. Oh, that's interesting. So, uh are you are you playing any games lately that you like? We haven't had a, a video game discussion in maybe maybe ever. So, I don't
0: I don't have um, an Xbox anymore, but I Our TV has an Xbox app, and it lets you play. It lets you like, if you pay like the ten bucks a month for Game Pass, like you can stream the games through it. It's pretty cool. um, It actually works. Like the latency is good enough to. So I'll just kind of like peruse there, and they have um, this game called Forza. Yeah, Um, the The racing guy. Yeah, I I like the racing ones. I, I I'm I don't. Invest my time in like story games all that mm. much, just because I don't play consistently enough to. Yeah. I, I, I've never finished them, but I like competitive games, so I've always played like racing games or uh, you know I went through like my phase with like 2K or yeah. like MLB the Show.
1: Yeah. And so, right. on and so, so this forth. is right up your alley. Yeah. I think I think both of us. I think this will. I mean, it really could be my comeback to the video game world. So. Well.
0: There could be some potential corridor integration with this, too, because from if I remember correctly, like even back in the day, you could kind of do um, like community franchise, like mm. like maybe we do like a little corridor league or something wow. like we're, you know, we'll, we'll see. We, go. we got to talk to the commissioners. I know George Klyakov might uh, <laughs> have some time on his hands. He could. <laughs> yeah, he can run it for us. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. You're going to Corvallis tonight for the Oregon State women against UCLA. They have USC on Sunday. It's probably the biggest weekend of the season for them, especially considering those were their last two losses. I mean, the
1: biggest weekend for the season just seems like the Every, next weekend. Dude, the,
0: you know? the back 12 for the women's side is no, ridiculous.
1: Some, and honestly, some of the rankings don't look as impressive as they did. That's just because they keep beating each other.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it was like I had the tweet earlier in the week. It was, how, how many times does Oregon State have to beat a top 10 team, in this case Colorado, before <laughs> right. they, they get into the top 10? They're number 11 now. Um, and then on Saturday I'll be in Corvallis as well for the Oregon, Oregon state game, which, um,
1: (laughs) not quite as exciting. It's
0: not quite as exciting, but like, I'm, I'm legit interested in seeing how this team bounces back because they've had a week to do this Altman, as you said in your fast break this week, like they, they know everything that's at stake. Like they, Mm -hmm. like this isn't a team that's like, Oh, like you know we're just going game after game you're right. see, like they they know the context of they have to put together a streak here
1: that's why i get pissed off sometimes when we get those those clichés of like well one game at a time it's like you're right but you you know the bigger picture yeah. you know you have to win blank out of blank to have a chance here
0: it's it's an interesting situation because like i do think that you should view each season within its own confines but This one is obviously getting compared to last season, which was getting compared to the season before that. Uh, Today, or actually this week, we kind of learned that Nate Biddle's probably actually this time done for the year. Sick? Sounds like he's sick. It's it's they they, they haven't said what it is, but he has
1: not played many games in his career. Yeah,
0: it's it's been that man like that. That's one of the more bigger. Disappointments I have in this era of Oregon because, like, that kid could have been really something for them. Where you have yeah. the seven foot, five star in state kid, um, you do see some flashes with him every mm-hmm. once in a while, but we've seen him so little over we've seen so little of Biddle mm-hmm. over two <laughs> over the two years that um,
1: Biddle, so little, yeah. It's it's uh, and where do you want to like, do you want to start with the men's, Do you want to start with the women's, but let's start, like,
0: let's start with the men's here okay. just because. I think that's the one that's more pressing in terms of i mean if they lo- if they if the ducks lose on Saturday, the discourse is going to get ugly
1: it will, and I was also going to ask you, we talked so much about saving the rivalry on the football side. Would you care if these teams didn't play again in basketball i mean that's that's maybe not a great question for you, given that you're not a fan, but it just seems like i don't I don't know how much people would.
0: I was trying to think about this because a story I published today. I talked with I talked with Bud Withers, who is a longtime Northwest sports writer. He worked for the Register Guard, covered the kamikaze, or he he was there for like the kamikaze kids era. Ralph Miller at Oregon State, and I was thinking about it with the game coming up Saturday. There's not a single Civil War game that I've covered that really
1: these st- teams haven't been humming at the same yeah, time. and
0: and that's not just in you know I'm generalized a whole decade, like there's been some good games, like there's been years obviously where Oregon State's gotten the Ducks, like it hasn't, but it's been largely since the 80s, Oregon State's I think won 20 games a couple times, like they just haven't been a competitive team and the Ducks have been. And then that's parlayed with it being kind of a weird era for Oregon basketball where I don't think the passion has matched the results on the court either. So then you kind of just have like, in this entire era that I've covered the Ducks, it's been this kind of, 10 years of decent basketball, but general apathy for when these two teams play. And that's not to say like there hasn't been good crowds and that, but it's just talking with bud and like having like story after story Mm -hmm. after story. And, and like, that was the thing.
1: My favorite of those stories was the, the cheerleader getting on the PA (laughs) and saying, I don't know what exactly what the quote was, but you, yeah. So,
0: so that was, that was 1971, 1972. It was, uh, um, Dick Carter's first year as coach and the Beaver the Ducks won the two non-conference games against the Beavers but then they dropped the two conference games which dropped Oregon to I think 0 and 8 and Pac 8 play yeah, at that time. Yeah. And so Oregon actually won the Chancellor's Cup trophy that year because they split and what they do is they give the trophy to the first team for 6 months and the other. And so like it's just this like ugly I mean it's just like a bad game the cheerleader gets on the mic is like talking shit and then like they have to award the Ducks like the Chancellor's right. Cup trophy, and like Carter's like I don't want this thing. Like they yeah. basically they just like didn't take it. <laughs> Which is like
1: that kind of stuff is is crazy because you don't have anything like that these days. I mean, can you imagine if a like an Oregon cheerleader hopped on the PA s- system? I, I I can't. Well, I, he, go ahead. And, well,
0: and I just I just kept telling Withers, I was like that had to have been such a cool time to be doing your job mm-hmm. because fast forward to the twenty or to the nineteen seventy four game when Harder tripped the cheerleader with the trophy <laughs> right. um, I was like if that would happen in 2024 that would be all over Twitter there'd right. be like 80 different videos before you didn't have a chance to story like you wouldn't have a chance to write the story you'd have to be writing like the reaction to like what happened already and back in the 70s it was like the game wasn't televised it was on radio but it was like if you wanted to know what happened like you were you were basically like writing the history the next day I was like oh man that yeah. must have been so cool and
1: that that's a tricky one because i think it's a little bit off topic now but like when you're covering games i don't know i always like to have what i think is my best stuff in the first few graphs and so the most interesting thing and it's so hard to find that thing and have it not be the thing that everybody else is doing now some people just will go with it and, and do it better yeah. and, and know they can do it better but i always go back and forth with that And one of the, the instances i kind of think about that is like the Arizona game this year where there's that weird scene of Keyshawn's injury and Dan Lennon coming out and then everybody has it on video immediately everybody's tweeting their thoughts about it everybody uses it in their story I'm like it was a significant moment but I almost wanted to leave it out of mind just because I feel like everybody did it and so to your point when he's writing back then it's like you know he could pick that that could be his lead somehow and I don't think people are gonna you know step on that
0: what um what are you gonna be looking for at the women's game tonight?
1: Yeah, you know, this is a interesting weekend because these th- this was their first big road trip of the year when they went down to the L.A. schools, um, and they dropped both. And then especially the USC game was very winnable. I think Juju Watkins, being such a star, that Sunday game is going to have a lot of draw. UCLA is a little bit better of a team. Um, they have a really well-balanced team. They kind of bullied Oregon State on the boards last time they played. And this was just a, a weekend in a series of teams that... Scott Ruick and his players talked a lot about it as kind of a, you know, on paper one of the turning points in the season. So it's interesting, right, because I don't think like some of the other teams in the state, a win here is all or nothing, right? Even if they lose, you can feel really good about Oregon State moving forward, and if they win it's just another notch, right? Yeah. So I'm actually excited in that I don't really have much by the way of kind of preconceived angles or ideas going in and I'm going to just kind of see what happens and maybe I find something really small like we were talking about
0: in your fast break this week you kind of alluded to the fact that they're putting together the resume right now that could bring good things down the road for them. Portland is hosting the Sweet 16, one of the regionals for the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8. Is that as I was kind of reading that, you know, naturally you kind of go in into the coach speak of your head of like let's not get ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. like that sort of thing, but this with with Ruick and what they've done in the past when they've had success, I, I don't imagine like that. This is a team that's just thinking like, let's just make the, the NCAA tournament here.
1: No, you you mean you think they're shooting a lot higher than that? Correct. Yes, he had, um, and someone asked him about it this week. He had been asked on the radio about he had he had made some kind of kind of laughed off a comment weeks ago where they're like, well, you're now guaranteed at least five hundred in league play, and he's like. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Yeah. We're always shooting for higher than that. So I, I again, I, I think you're right there. Um, but he's also been honest. He was like, I I don't blame people that picked us 10th out of 12 or whatever because we, we weren't really good that last year and a lot of close games they didn't win against big teams. Um, so again, I, I think that if they pick up another win, it's just, that'll be huge. You know, if they play really badly, maybe there's a discussion that be had about, like, let's pump the brakes a little bit, but I, all things are pointing in the right direction for this team and, um, they also seem a little bit injury-proof just because yeah. of their depth, which, on the flip side, like, Orient State, or, see, Oregon women's, like, there's some good players on that team. They just don't have much, by the way, of depth. Um, so, key injuries, like, they had to their point guards really hurt them. So, I'm excited, though. I, I haven't... Oh, man. Actually, this is crazy to admit. I have not covered a game in Gill.
0: <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. It just oh, it's man. never ended up working out. Man, you're in for a treat. Yeah, well, kind, I... Kinda. Yeah, like, I mean, know.
1: this is the... I'm excited. That this is the one because they've been packing it for the girls. Um, a Friday night game. It should be awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. You'll. I'll, I'll be interested to hear your review of Gil next week.
1: When you got we... a little smile on your face. Well, no. It's just.
0: It's just so different than MKA. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's a very old stadium. Yeah. Um, and a very uncomfortable press sitting situation Oh yeah yeah. but uh yeah you'll have fun before before we close up with our true detective um right before this you and i were kind of talking about kind of trying to figure out what good football stories Mm. for the rest of this year would be and um you you made a real interesting point and this will be something that i try to write about you know later on but you know trying to uh Come up with all the storylines as Oregon moves to the Big Ten. You were you were saying that you think there's a kind of a not enough stories about how the Big Ten is going to adjust to to Oregon or the Pac-12 teams coming in. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious if you would kind of elaborate on that a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for giving me this platform, yeah. Tyson. Well, naturally, when you're covering a team that's making this move, and it's one of the teams joining and not being joined. There's a tendency, I think, to cover it from the point of view of, like, well, what do you need to know about the conference you're joining, the teams you're going to play? There's this sort of perception about the Big Ten being so physical. And I just, I really, I, I yeah, I grew up watching Big Ten football, and from that, and I haven't covered it in that capacity, right? But still, people say these things about the Big Ten, and like, oh, you know, I think some teams are going to get caught off guard. It's possible, but. I think it's a lot more likely that once some of these teams like USC, UCLA, and Washington kind of get their stuff together, because they're not entering maybe with the same pizzazz that Oregon is right now, that it's going to be, you know, I guess the the story will then be like, whoa, maybe did we look at this all wrong? I, I wish I had a better way to kind of cut through this and explain it, but I think a good way to look at it is. I mean, who had until recently dominated the Big Ten? It was Ohio State. And Ohio State was the only team, really still is, because Michigan won playing a whole different brand of football that uses this, this up-tempo offense, the spread. I mean, they've been doing it for years and years, right? It's been a while since Oregon kind of shocked the nation with their version of that. But they're absolutely still doing that. And they're in this conference where a lot of teams are doing it. The worst teams in the Pac-12 this last year we're still like a Stanford and a Colorado who had good quarterbacks who were airing it out all the time. Yeah. That, that's so different than, again, going to Iowa City on a Saturday where it's like, oh, it's cold, and we might get dragged down in the mud with them, but this is, you know, this is not a, a team brimming with offensive talent. Right. Going a little bit off the rails here, but I just think it's more likely we look back in a few years like, wow, these teams were not ready for what they had coming because there's still also that perception of the West Coast being soft.
0: And the West Coast, you know, you talk about maybe the quarterback discrepancy. The West Coast has been, is where the best quarterbacks in the country developed, especially in California. This is not new either. California, Arizona, it hasn't been new. And for a, a while, and especially as of late, a lot of the East Coast teams have been coming in to kind of pillage or, or take from the West Coast. And they've been able to use their leverage of, this is a bigger time football, we have more money, blah, 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 blah. blah. Oregon's coming in there now and it's like, they're on the same playing field. They have, they're one of the few regional teams on that side too. Um, I I think this, and as you've already seen with Oregon having the number one recruiting class in the big 10 this year. um, Yeah. I I think there's going to be a pretty big um, change in the distribution of talent in the conference because like Oregon can recruit USC. I know they've been up and down with Riley, but like that's a program that can recruit. Washington was just in the national championship. Like, yeah, it'll it'll be fascinating because
1: in Washington, I think if you've been paying attention to what they've been doing with their staff, seems like their recruiting will actually be better than it's been. Yeah, because oh yeah, because
0: that was that wasn't something DeBoer cared no, about really. At they're
1: all. clearly trying to lean into the like brand and pro guys, selling that vision, which paired with a recent title birth makes yeah. sense, right?
0: Fish Fish is such a interesting character for them up in Seattle because he. He's a lot closer in the way that they're putting together that program to Lanning than like DeBoer was. They're they're much different characters in the way that, you know, I, I think just on the internet that one's depicted at like Lanning's like the young guy and fish is like having wine outside like the rest, you know, you know <laughs> right. like, like the, or that thing, but I'm I'm excited. I you you texted me last week uh, when's the next um, uh, Falling in love for the big ten. Or what, yeah, what did I call it? Right. Falling for the big Yeah, we got to get that Um ahead. Yeah, we'll we'll have another one coming next week. I'm thinking Minnesota for this one. Like we can't just go You had the little the little the Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say. I, I play with a lot of hockey people from yeah. Canada. It gets bad sometimes. Um but like I can't just go straight like Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and like knock all like the heavy hitters right. You have the to, first, right?
1: yeah. It would be a boring yeah. few months yeah. there, I think. If you, if you, but I, I, don't know. I think you're gonna find cool stuff. Well, so
0: I think, I think that's just what you know. The strength of the corridor is we will make Minnesota and Rutgers as interesting.
1: Well, you'll also go beneath the surface. This yeah. isn't something where you're making little listicles with categories. I mean, Stop you're really gonna it. dive Stop in. Stop it. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't wanna. I know we have to do True Detective, but.
0: I mean, we don't have
1: to. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I guess I just... I'm still... I'm surprised that I'm still as fascinated with the Big Ten move and everything as I was at first. Because I also think... Like, when you look at, like, the Big 12, per se, and I realize they just lost Texas and Oklahoma, but, like, Arizona and, like, Utah and even Colorado, like, pretty quickly are going to be the best teams in the Big 12, too. And so I think it's like, just going to be interesting. Watch I don't watch think
0: that. the Big Twelve is ready for Kyle Whittingham. Like, no,
1: <laughs> I like we're going to have games where it's, oh, here comes number eleven Kansas State. They're heading to Recycles, and it's like week eight. And it's like oh yeah. So yeah. this is why all the Pac twelve teams went there to die late in the season, and that'll be fun to track. It's like these these programs that had the thing they were known for in these conferences. Like does that track to the next conference? And again, just my final point. You made the quarterbacks thing. There are, like, four quarterbacks that were in the Big Ten last year that would have had a chance to start on the Pac-12 teams last year. I mean, truly. Like, the worst Pac-12 teams, their quarterbacks were better than half of the Big Ten last year.
0: It'd just be funny if we. This is the worst court uh, corridor curse, like that. We like right. three years from now, like organs, like averaging like fourteen points per game. But, like, like they, <laughs> they <it>. can't hold
1: <laughs> up, <laughs> <laughs> right? And that's the thing. A lot of it also is just recruiting, yeah. And they come back down. To
0: and that. right now, Oregon's pretty damn good at that. So yes. I think they'll be okay. Uh, we have one episode of True Detective left. Mm. Last week's episode was all over the freaking place. Things got ratcheted up quite substantially in like the final 20 minutes. There's no possible way they wrap this thing up in one episode. Right. Like my, so, so my, I granted it's Thursday, so you can probably do spoilers. Not that anybody's coming to (laughs) it. Um, But like the fact that they, in the last like 10 minutes of that episode, they had like the one cop, like kill his dad and then didn't end on that scene. And then like still like expand, expanded the episode out. It was like, what is happening here? Yeah, I,
1: Peter Pryor popped his pop-up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know. Like uh, my my, I'm all in for the finale now, just because of like so much action that happened at the end of it. But yeah. I I think um I think at the end of the day, this might have been better as like an an hour and a half movie, mm. because it feels like they've had to fill like three or yeah. four episodes of because there's not like they've, there's been a whole bunch of detective work. There's right. not like it's
1: and I wonder if actually that that room is where the thing is at. We're not as into have arisen, uh, the supernatural aspect of it. Also, I mean, it's just a lot of the show hasn't actually been about the original case, which I think is a choice. I mean, they've done some character development. They've done a lot of stuff with the Annie Kotak case, which is, I, I know it's linked, but it's a whole different case. And like the first episode, now when you look back, probably still like maybe the best episode, maybe number two, but those are the two episodes where you're starting to unravel the yarn of the actual yeah. case. So I think they can wrap it up. And I think there was some encouraging moments in the fifth episode. But you're right. There's just a lot of sort of time to be filled. And it's time hanging out with characters that, I know you haven't started the first season yet. But, like, you'll see not quite as intriguing as those guys.
0: It was just funny, too. Like, and, and this is probably stuff that I've heard from some other podcasts this week. But one of the things that I we liked so, I liked so much about early in it was kind of the depiction of, like, Alaska and right. kind of the small townness. That that town seems like it's all over the place now. Like for that, like they had a whole riot squad, and like, yeah, like, right. that, like that was How probably big is it? like, like there, that was probably more people than it, like live in that entire town. And also, mm-hmm. why haven't all those cops been helping out with like this mass murder case that's going on? The scale has been
1: yeah, yeah hard to figure out. And I think when you have that really small depiction of the town at first, it caters to that little mystery, and then they've blown out all the story elements and now it's like the t- again it's it just that that whole pacing of revealing how big the scale has been weird um and then i'm still lo- left like wondering if i missed something at the end of the week's priors episode um navarro's like her ears bleeding we never got any right act, did, am i missing like did we get any they they chose not to show the end of whatever happened which i understand but why was her ear bleeding yeah we have still have no so you're right i I think they can wrap up the mystery but there's gonna be some loose ends i'd imagine huh
0: yeah i mean it's my my expectation is i'm gonna be entertained by next sunday's episode i'll I'll probably think that like oh man that ended on a good note (laughs) yeah um and i'll ultimately like this is kind of turning out like the super bowl Mm, okay first three quarters eh,
1: yeah great eh.
0: ending and then great ending and you just go like all right like probably won't like watch that again
1: well, yeah. I mean, do you normally
0: rewatch Super Bowls though? Some you you know what ESPN Classic is? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was I, this, I, it was this thing back in the day. I dabbled. But let me tell you what, son. <laughs> there used to be this show called Sports Century. Oh. This not was, Center. No, it was, it was Sports Century. They okay. it was it was kind of like thirty for thirty before thirty for thirty. It was like as um as they were closing in on the year 2000, they just did, a, like, a whole bunch of, so like, hour-long so sports documentaries.
1: 24? Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I was just working on this mustache. Right. Um, it was a good time to be a sports fan. Oh, that
1: was, was there anything else to add there?
0: No. Okay. No, you interrupted me, and I lost my train of thought, so. Okay. Um, <laughs> man, the
1: Super Bowl, if, if.
0: Oh, yeah, no. So, sports <laughs> – no, I'm kidding.
1: Uh, was, this is where we've lost it all now. But, uh, man, the the two or three plays before the walk-off to Hardman, Mahomes had that long scramble. Not the fourth and one, but he had that long one through the center of the field that went for like 20 yards. There was a second there I was like, is he just going to like
0: – Dude, I thought that too.
1: And I was like, that would have been the perfect the, walk-off. If
0: If Mahomes would have ran that in, it would have been – Bedlam. It would have been this guy, like Tom. Who?
1: (laughs) It is crazy because a few plays later, he delivers it with his arm on a you know to a wide open receiver. Granted, but can you think about just how much the optics and coverage around that game would have changed had it been a Mahomes scramble where he maybe just gets past one more guy and ends up being like thirty seven yard game winning scramble. The
0: Mahomes scramble in the year where he didn't have the receivers or like like oh man, it would have been sports writers. All right, uh, let's close this out with... What have you eaten this week?
1: Still want to get lunch? I'm thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Where are we going to go? I don't know. Is so that it's, burrito spot? Actually,
0: actually, I could go for a burrito. That yeah. might not be bad.
1: What have I eaten this week? Uh, not much, man. It's been... Oh, wait. Where did I just go? Oh, it's Oma's again. Which oh, yeah, all nice. Oh, good. Um, yeah, that was... Uh, it...
0: We were going to go to... I got a gift certificate from my aunt for Christmas mm. um for the screen door. So we were thinking of Man. haven't been to the one in the Pearl before. When when we first moved to Portland there was just the one down right. on Hoth like, Belmont? Isn't
1: there three of them now? Or just yeah. two?
0: Yeah, so we'll 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 see how that is. But that but that's another one of those those, that's one of those restaurants that I'm really interested in in Portland because they were really popular in that peak, 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 like Portland restaurant were mm. on the cover, like in the New York Times travel section kind of era and like they're still hanging in there but it's...
1: Are you, let's do, real quick, are you a brunch guy?
0: Honestly, what happens a lot of the time is like I'm into brunch then, like, 11 o'clock comes around. And it's like, it's,
1: it's gonna be about 45 minutes to an hour. To yeah, to see it's, your guys. It's, it's like
0: that. Like, I'm not gonna wait in line anywhere for yep. brunch. There's too many good places in Portland. <laughs> so,
1: where are you using this screen door certificate? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, we're gonna go for dinner. Um, <laughs> and usually, it gets like, and I'm like, it's like lunchtime anyway. Right. It's like, I'm gonna get a burger and like, I don't need a mimosa. Just give me a beer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. No, because I've heard good things about Screen Door and some other brunch spots. And I just never the, – <laughs> the only times that brunch plans start to develop with my friends at least in the past is like we're already into the night of drinking. And it's like, yeah, tomorrow we're all going to want to do this. And like one or two of us might be – and usually I can muster the energy – and then everybody's lost interest. You know, one person slept in, one person isn't hungry. We,
0: we, we all have that friend in college who would like, all right, breakfast at my place tomorrow. I'm going to cook for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, then they're not the one, then they're the ones not answering their
1: phone. in the Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the same thing happens with me where like, I'll, I'll try to get some hoop runs going and be like, let's hoop tomorrow. And everyone, when they're out drinking Models at the beer, wants to do it. Or at, mo- drinking Models at the bar, excuse me. And then it doesn't happen. Uh, I feel similarly about brunch. The only times it's been successfully executed in past years in my life has been when I visit my friends in San Diego and it's like we're... This is... Like, that's the thing we're going to...
0: I I enjoy a brunch not in my city. Yeah. Like, I had... I had a memorable brunch in
1: Nashville once.
0: It Mm. was just... It was just really good. Because if you spend...
1: like 40 50 bucks on a brunch in Portland and it's like, what are you doing afterwards? Whereas you're in San Diego. Yeah, then I'm just like – I'm walking no, to the beach. I might like grab digesting a six-pack on my way. Yeah. <laughs> but then, then that's when I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to do the bottomless mimosas and I'm going to make sure I get my money's worth. And then you know, the beach is 100 yards. Do
0: you have any um, models left after our corridor? Club
1: chat. <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, swiftly disposed of during the I, Super Bowl I, Sunday. I
0: kind of felt because like I, I posted the highlights of that video. I didn't really think of it. I was like, I don't. I should ask Shane if he's like cool with me like posting. Well, like, you said I like, was like what's... Ca- casually sipping in the corner. And... <laughs>
1: you you mentioned that it was it was. Uh... I mean, I had a little whiskey in my right, cup, right, but you right. know,
0: I was I was going for like the NCAA tournament method of no logos on the cup. I'll so, be better. Yeah, I'll
1: be better. You know. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week, uh, recapping whatever, whatever happened this week. Surely weekend. there'll be something. To um, actually, we're just gonna do we're gonna do a three hour scene by scene analysis of the final True Detective episode. So.
1: God forbid we get some Oregon women's basketball story on, stories out next week too. I've got something. It, small I,
0: cooking. I think you might be working on something.
1: We'll see. Okay. Shane Hoffman with Sean. Chef Hoffman. We'll see you guys later.